I thought I had retired. That I'd stepped away from the podcast game for good. But then I saw Home Sweet Home Alone. And I had to get back in. Because if they can cram out more Home Alone movies, then we can make more podcasts. Specifically, podcasts about Christmas movies like Home Sweet Home Alone. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. special. Hello, Jess. Hey, Adam. Welcome to our brand new recording studio. Mm-hmm. We're coming to you alive from Indiana, the hunt, as we call it. A lot has changed since we recorded podcasts last year. We ended our engagement mm-hmm. by getting married. So it was amicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amicable for sure. Um, I changed my name. Okay. We moved to Indiana. She changed it to Podcaster. Just podcast. Podcast her. Mm. Podcast her. Um, we moved to Indiana, so we're in a different state. We both actually have jobs now. Mm-hmm. We're not in grad school anymore. Mm-hmm. We're married. We're living in a home. We're not recording in Jess's parents' basement on their futon anymore. We're sitting in chairs. Mm-hmm. Real chairs. Yeah, and we have the same microphone and same computer, so... Brand new technological setup. And you may or may not hear the sound of trains and or motorcycles during this. And that's just called ambiance. Earlier, we were eating some um, honey mustard pretzels. Mm -hmm. Talked about doing some ASMR. If you hear more munching sounds, you can uh, guess which one of us will be munching. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, Jess, uh, what movie did we watch today? I skipped over the intro. There are too many ads, so I just skipped it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't remember what we watched. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, we had talked about doing our podcast again. We had talked about some movies. We got some recommendations from people. And then we watched this movie and we were like, we have to do a podcast on this one. Home Sweet Home Alone. It's Disney Plus's new version of Home Alone. Because mm. you know, like, Home Alone 1, amazing. Home Alone 2, pretty good. Home Alone 3, eh. Home Alone 4? Is mm-hmm. there 4? Terrible. So what about why Home Alone 5? Was there a 5? Oh, yeah. Jess, can you do us a favor as the Home Alone expert? Can you recap <laughs> the first five movies for us? No. And that doesn't matter. Be- well, it sort of does. There's some callbacks for sure. But basically, we came in reluctant. Like, we don't feel like this is going to be good, but we'll give it a chance. And it was bad. And the main lesson that I learned from this movie is that you can have a lot of really good people in a movie and it still be very, very, very bad. Hmm. So yeah. that's what we're that's what we're here to talk about. Home Sweet Home Alone on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, you can watch it. Sorry, sorry to be showing our privilege <laughs> that we use uh, the Jones Family Disney Plus mm-hmm. that we don't pay for. Um, yeah, so that's what we're gonna be that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, Throughout this podcast, I have uh, done what I've called celebrity watch because, like I said, there's a lot of 
very good at famous people in this movie. Um, so throughout that, I will mention that. And I have found some of my least favorite lines, and I will pepper them in as we go throughout this plot synopsis. So Adam, what was your initial... Because you also were like, we got to do this for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So so tell me what about this movie in particular you were like, we got to go. Yeah, so as everyone uh, who's watching will know, I'm a big fan of all five Home Alone movies. The first one, the second one, the third one with the Russian spies, the fourth one with the smart, smart house, the fifth one with the painting, all, all great. But then I saw the, the preview for Home Alone, Home Sweet Home Alone on Twitter, and thought, that looks bad. <laughs> I was pretty irritated about it. And I sent it to Jess. And Jess was like, oh, interesting. Who knows? And I'm like, it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And Jess, in her heart of hearts, also knew it would be bad. Yeah, I was hopeful. Oh. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> like, you gave the movie the benefit uh-huh. of the doubt. Anyway, so I I was very unhappy about, about it. And, yeah... So it stars the, one of the kids from Jojo Rabbit, whose name I can't remember and don't care to look up, but he's a good actor. Adorable in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know it's bad when after the movie, or at one point in the movie on our first watch, Adam said, liked him better as a Nazi. I did. A lot better as a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know the level <laughs> that you're hitting in like this if, movie. If I had to hang out with Max, or Max the, the star of Home Alone, Sweet Home Alone, or... Um, Benji, is that his name? Uh, something like Dingy or something. Yeah, I don't remember. It, it, given the choice, I would hang out with uh, the Nazi, which, you know, a hundred other times I would never choose the Nazi. But oh, his name was Yorkie, so I was close. <laughs> uh, and the actor's name is Archie Yates. So no disrespect to Archie Yates. All disrespect to Max Mercer, the character in Home Sweet Home Alone. Well, and that brings us to the first problem with this movie. There isn't really a main character. So Home Alone, mm-hmm. all of the Home Alones, I've only seen the first two. First three, I think. Um, there's a main child. Mm-hmm. And then there's some kind of, you know, shenanigans that go along with the main child. In this movie, they're moving constantly between the main child and then this couple. So there isn't a main character that the story revolves around and there isn't like one main thing that's happening there's multiple things which makes me care about none of them and there isn't a clear like good guys versus bad guys so like the home alones is very like they are there's the kids the good guy and the other people are the bad guys there's like in each of the movies there's kind of like a, oh we thought they were bad but actually they're good you know like in the first movie the shovel guy and in the second movie the like bird lady or mm-hmm. whatever but in this it's like very new not even nuanced just like they're kind of good and bad and they're kind of good and bad yeah i would say that the 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 burglars are much better than the kid. Yeah. If I had to choose good and evil, I think it was designed to be a dark, dark tale about, I don't know, the evil of children versus <laughs> uh, pleasant homeowners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's jump in. So we open on an open house. Uh, first celeb watch, uh, Keenan from uh, SNL mm-hmm. and, and from Keenan and Kel, if you grew up watching that show. 
Ellie Kemper from Kimmy Schmidt. You may have also known her as Erin from The Office. If anyone watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Maya from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and then the kid from Jojo Rabbit, which we already explained. So that's like in the first probably five, ten minutes. Yeah, and Rob Delaney, who plays... Yeah, I don't know. The other guy. I don't really Jeff. know him. What's he in? Uh, several things. He's a comedian. He's in A Catastrophe, Deadpool 2, Bombshell. You've seen Bombshell. Oh, yeah. Um, Ron's Gone Wrong, Meet the Meerkats. So all the... All, oh, Tom and Jerry? Yeah, all the classics. I should start with Tom and Jerry. All the classics. So... He's in Last Christmas. You love they, that movie. Oh, yeah. So he... So the couple... And I... Uh, Three-fourths of the way through the movie, I just turned to Adam and said, I don't know anyone's name in this movie. So look forward to me referring to them mostly by their um, the actors' names. So this couple, Ellie Kemper and this other guy, Jeff and Pam, Jeff and Pam are um, have an open house at their house. Keenan is their um, real estate agent. And... Uh, they really na- one thing they really nailed is Ellie Kemper throughout the movie until the end, really getting the mom look with a terrible haircut. <laughs> like she looks like a mom, just like a regular mom, which I appreciate in shows and movies where I'm like, yeah, that looks like someone that I would see on a regular basis. But she has an awful, awful haircut. Um, and they're looking at the house, and then. Uh, the kid, Max, and his mom are just driving around, and Max is like, I really have to pee. So then the mom is like, oh, I might have a solution. We'll go to this open house and use the bathroom. We'll pretend we're looking at the house. First of all, pro tip. Right out the gate, I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn something from this movie. I'm going to learn if I'm driving around and need to pee, instead of going to a gas station, maybe I hit up an open house, try out their bathroom. (laughs) Maybe I invest in real estate as a side hustle. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So they go inside. Um, I wrote our first Chekhov's gun is a sugary soda. So he goes upstairs using the bathroom. He comes out and the adult Jeff is there and he's supposed to get water. So Jeff is kind of sabotaging the uh, when like getting of the house. People are interested and he keeps telling them terrible things about it. He's asked to go up and get water. He runs into the kid. The kid says, hey, can I have the sugary soda? Remember that, folks. Very important later. I will say we will be spoiling this movie, so you're welcome. Now you won't have yeah. to watch it. Yep. Um, and then Jeff is looking at dolls, and the kid's like, oh, those are cool dolls. Also remember the terrifying dolls. That becomes really important. A lot of just creepy stuff in this movie, honestly. Um, if anyone's seen Caitlin Riley's video, Every British Kid in a Movie... One hilarious video. You can find it on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. Um, that is what Max is like. He's just like a precocious British child. Uh, the mom of Max comes in to get him. There's like this, well, yeah. The, they basically find out that the dolls are worth a lot from an antique show that she's watching. And my note from the scene is, everyone in this scene tries to make a joke and no one succeeds. Yep. They try to make a joke about... Um, Jeff looking like Frankenstein's monster doesn't land at all. Like, not even with the people in the room. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jeff tries to make a joke about selling his kids, doesn't land at all. Um, and I just wrote, this guy sucks. I, in that moment, <laughs> I thought Jeff was terrible. I already don't like anyone in this movie. 
Um, and then the only funny part I thought is the the mom uh, calls her son by his full name, and then he comes back with calling her by her full name once again. Two tips in this movie. They really only come at the beginning. Use open houses for bathrooms. And when your mom comes at you with the full name, you just come back at her with the full name. Hmm. Hilarious stuff there. Just please stop teaching our listeners how to disrespect their mothers. Maybe it's a sign of respect to use the full name. Yeah. I didn't say it in a disrespectful way. <laughs> um, I think we can we can replay that and we'll see the tone. Yeah. Of like, yeah, if your mother ever disses you, just diss her back by calling her <laughs> her name. Yeah. Watch uh, out, Beth. Jess is coming for you. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of kind of the setup, that there are these dolls that are worth a lot of money, and they're trying to sell their house because they cannot um, afford the house anymore. Um, then the Jeff and Pam's kids get home, and they haven't told them that they're selling the house yet, so Keenan Thompson's character pretends that he's a personal trainer, uh, one line that I wrote from that was, um, as they're trying to sell that he's a personal trainer and not the realtor, Ellie Kemper says, yeah, we want to put some muscle on that flame, flat pancake butt. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty pretty stellar line. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of jokes that just don't land. They w- I feel like I could have written this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... I'd say, you know, I've never written a film script. I know that's shocking. But I feel like I could make up enough jokes, and if you get enough atoms in a room all typing together, eventually one of the atoms will write Home Sweet Home Alone. And I feel like I have the skills to write this movie. Well, and the thing is, they're trying to be, they're trying to, Ellie Kemper's character, like, they're, like I have said, Everyone in this movie has been in other things and been hilarious. I think it shows that, like, people are funny in general, but if you give them a bad script, then it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I relies heavily, which the first Home Alone does, but does it well on, like, physical humor, I would say, later. And Ellie Kemper's character is supposed to be the, like, you know, quirky mom. And so at one point she says that the, the schools are lit. So that's kind of what we're working with here. Um, then we go to Max's house, and this is, okay, so there's a few parts in this movie that I feel like were supposed to be kind of beat for beat, home alone, but they never do that successfully. So they go back to the kid's house, and this is the part in Home Alone where, if you haven't seen Home Alone, at least watch that to get a context <laughs> for this movie, because it's in a good time, um, where Kevin gets mad because, um... You know, no one's paying attention to him. People ate all the pizza. Um, he's going to have to share a bed with his uh, cousin who's going to wet the bed and gets all mad and gets sent up to the attic and then gets left behind. Yeah, but in Home Alone 1, we see we see Kevin kind of, you know, he we see him interact with his cousins and relatives and we see that they're all mean to him. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we have sympathy for Kevin. He's the youngest... Uh, except for Fuller, who pees the bed. Mm-hmm. And then in Home Sweet Home Alone, well, it's just makes, a bunch of kids the same age. Well, and he makes a mess. Like, he does make a mess and, like, is rude and then gets sent to his room. So it's like everything makes sense. He's feeling really left out. He makes a mistake. 
He gets sent to his room. He gets left behind. In this one, it's like, oh, he can't play video games. I was crying. And then... Gamer persecution is real. Like, he... Oh, he talks to an elf on the shelf, which I'm sorry, but I hate elf on the shelf. That elf on the shelf's name is Gooby. Uh, Comes up later. Another celeb watch, Pete Holmes. Is Gooby the celeb? (laughs) No. Pete Holmes is there. Um, he has some pretty funny lines. I, I would say if I were to say any character made me laugh, it'd probably be his. Um, so they, yeah, they buy pizza. The mom's really nice. And then he says that, Max says that he wishes everyone was gone. And so it's like, he's just kind of a jerk. Like he starts off as a jerk to his family because he's not the center of attention. And he, like in, like in the first one, we're sympathetic for Kevin. And this one, it starts out with, uh, uh, Yorkie Max saying mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I hate all of me cousins, oh, blooming onion cousins," and so I have no sympathy for him, and that's why I liked him more as Yorkie the Nazi. And then he goes, and then I wrote, he actually has good coping skills. So in Home oh, Alone, one more second. Oh, I will say that this is the first bad line that I wrote down. Oh, go for it. Uh, so Max's sister is using a VR headset, kind of wandering around. He taps her on her shoulder. And she says, don't touch me, perv. I'm your sister. I thought that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in Home Alone, the original one, Kevin spills all the soda, is mean to his mom, and then gets sent upstairs. He gets in trouble. In this one, the kid is overwhelmed by the number of people in the house and decides to go in the garage and get in the car. And I'm like, this is actually a good coping skill. He's overwhelmed by the situation. He's feeling stressed, and he removes himself from the situation and gets some alone time. He watches some cartoons in the car. So I'm like, he didn't even get in trouble. Once again, who's good, who's bad? Like, I, it just is confusing. Um, so he, he gets there. He's stuck in the car. Then we go back to the... Pam and Jeff's house. Um, there's a lot of like. Another thing with Home Alone is it's timeless. There are like mm-hmm. certain things about it that like really put it in the time that it is, but like most of the movie is timeless. This movie is setting itself in a very specific time. Jeff is. I almost cursed. Can't do that anymore, Pastor's wife. We didn't curse before. I know, but I, I just <laughs> almost did. Um, Jeff is blabbing about um about um now i've like lost my train of thought about data migration and how much he hates the cloud Mm -hmm. uh that comes up multiple times so that's just like to me it's a moment in which you're like you don't need to set it so much in this time to make it so specific and i think it's supposed to be funny because he's talking to his wife about his old job that he lost and it's the reason that we have to they have to sell the house. And I'm like, it's supposed to be funny because like she doesn't really understand it, but she pretends that she does and she pretends that she hates the cloud. But like it's not funny. I actually thought later on when he's talking about it, I was like, okay, that's a little funny. Just because of how passionate he is about something that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, that's right, Cloud. I'm coming at you. Then we get another celeb watch. They go to bed, and we get another celeb watch um, as his brother and uh, shows up. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's Pam's brother. No, or, okay, it's, it's Jeff's brother. It's Jeff's brother who is from Veep. Adam oh yeah, more about him. Jonah Ryan, Timothy Simons. So, so the first time we watched it, we watched it twice. 
the first time we watched it, one of my genuine laughs was just him showing up on screen because I think he's hilarious. Was he funny in this movie? Well, he was present. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. So then it's the classic trope of like the cool, successful, annoying brother shows up. Um, and then his wife is like doing makeup and has heels and is like, walk- like that to me isn't funny anymore. No. Like, I don't know, both of those tropes were kind of annoying. Um, in the first viewing of the movie, I never saw that they had a kid. And then at the end of the movie, it's really important that they have a kid. And I was like, wait, they, these people had a kid the whole time? I had no idea. And this so, kid is strangely cast. This kid's probably like seven, but they're having him act like he's two. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just weird. They figure out that the doll is worth a lot of money, like $200,000. That was a little much for me. Like, I could see, like, a doll worth $10,000 and that being a lot, or, like, $20,000, but, like, $200,000, that was kind of insane. Um, and... Isn't that the price of one American girl doll? (laughs) Then the other family is trying to leave to go to Japan, which is never explained. In Home Alone, they go to France because they have family that live in France and they haven't seen their family, and so their family flies them out to France. In this movie, going to Japan for an inexplicable reason. It could take two sentences to explain why they're going to Japan, and it didn't, and that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really, really no reason why they're going to Japan. And, like, her family, the uh, Max's mom's family is from London. They're not going there. They're going to Japan. It don't make no sense. So they're getting ready to leave, and they... Um, oh, Jeff figures out that it's worth a lot of money, so he's going to try and, and he thinks that the kid stole the doll, so he's going to try and go get it back, and when he arrives, they're all trying to leave. Max is still sleeping in the car, which I'm like, in the garage, I feel like you hear everything outside, but apparently not. Um, they think that Jeff is an Uber driver, which makes literally no sense because they leave without him. One of the parts that made me chuckle was Pete Holmes is, like, trying to get all the kids in, which, another problem I have with this movie. In Home Alone, there's, like, a lot of kids in each of the families to combine to make a lot of kids. In this movie, it is extremely clear that Max only has one sister, but then there's, like, a ton of kids. So then the uh, another celebrity watch, Chris Parnell and um, Pete Holmes... Have like seven kids. Nine. Nine kids. Because he says with my nine blooming cousins. Yeah. So like they have that many kids. But like it's never mentioned. Again. It's just like there's a ton of kids and they only come from one family. Um, But anyway there's a part where he's trying to get them in. And one of the daughters is trying to take a selfie. And he's like is this really the time to get a selfie? And they take the selfie. And he's like send me that later. And I thought it was kind of funny. (laughs) um no one counts like if you're gonna use stuff from the original movie like use some of the classic things like they try and count all the people but the neighbor kid is like talking to them and they count the neighbor kid and that's how they don't know that kevin's left like there is no like checking to see everyone's there Mm -hmm. which like the mom has to go on a different flight or something but like it's not very well explained how that whole situation um happens and and the max's dad who's in it for 20 seconds he's already gone by then and who's he that actor andy daly he's also in veep i think he was in, oh he played ben franklin in the office mm. when mm-hmm. when they hired ben franklin so yeah 
he shows up, waves at the camera or something, disappears. Uh, a he lot yells of... at Max at one oh, point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know he spoke. Probably just to get more money. Yep. I'm not sure if the people, like all the guest stars in this movie, are doing it because they're friends with the guys who wrote it mm-hmm. or because they're being punished. Or because they're getting paid really well to be in like five minutes of the mm-hmm. movie. As Adam mm-hmm. said then, I hope the people got paid well. Yeah. Um, so Jeff's looking around at the house as they leave. They yell at the code, so now he knows the code. Um, pretends to be the Uber, which makes literally no sense. And then his wife, this is another part that I genuinely laughed at the first time we saw. Not the second time, but the first time. <laughs> he texts his wife. She's like, where are you? And he's like, I'm going out getting milk. And then he like, she like opens the fridge and there's like four different types of milk and like the whole side of their fridge is milk, which millennial things. We currently have soy milk, almond milk, half and half, and like an oat milk creamer. So I was like, this is pretty funny. <laughs> People have a lot of different kinds of milks. <laughs> it's probably my only genuine laugh in the whole movie. That's not true. That's probably not true. But I thought it was very funny. Um, Jeff gets frustrated that um, by the whole situation because he just wanted his... So the original idea is, I'll just talk to the mom and get the doll back. That's not happening. So another relatable moment is he then goes and fights a snowman. We made a snowman last year and we were at my parents' house. And I tried to, like, just run and tackle the snowman to, like, destroy it. And that thing's hard. Mm-hmm. Did you know that when water freezes, it turns to ice? I didn't know this was a science podcast. It is now. Wow. Thanks. I guess you're a regular Dr. Jones. Mm. No. What? And then he sees, uh, he looks in the window of the house and he thinks he sees the doll in the kid's pocket. So now he's like, oh my gosh, he has it. I just need to get in there. He finds where the key is. He knows the code. And then he just goes home and pretends that he's someone else. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Like, I, I, I would just go in the house, honestly. Yeah, and just grab it. Mm-hmm. Cut to, okay, listener. Pause now and just write down on a piece of paper what scene you think they cut to next. I can guarantee if you have not seen this movie, you're not going to guess what the next scene is. Do you remember what they cut to next? Mm -hmm. A handbells concert for seniors. Yes. I'm like, are they trying to show that they're good people? Do they just think handbells are funny? True. Mm Mm-hmm. So he arrives late to the handbells concert Another celeb watch, my personal fave, the dean from Community is the Handbells director, which mm-hmm. I'm like, honestly, he probably would. Mm-hmm. The character of the dean from Community would do that. Jim Rash, great guy. You find out that he's told his wife his whole plan of breaking into this house on a voicemail, mm-hmm. which then later he like was searching stuff on the internet to like find out whether it's a felony or not. And she's like, you need to clear, clear your search history. And I was like, Bro, you left a whole voicemail on your wife's phone explaining your whole entire plan to commit the misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't that doesn't really make sense. And the worst part is they ruined the handbell choir performance. Uh-huh. Now, as I was watching that the first time, I was like, you know, I bet they're Christians because only Christians play the handbells. Mm-hmm. Only Christians organize handbell choirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any atheist handbell players listening let us know prove us wrong Mm -hmm. good luck (laughs) but yeah so 
later in the movie, they're at church, so I was definitely correct. Mm-hmm. Proving that this movie is uh, an act of religious persecution. We'll get to that later on. So then the end is, that whole scene is just like, they're bad at playing handballs, haha. It was kind of useless. It doesn't really do anything for the Mm -hmm. plot. Except, you know, I love to see the Dean from Community, so we don't, glad he was in it, if nothing Mm -hmm. else. Then uh, they go back to the super fancy BMW, um, just like in Home Alone. In Home Alone, that family's super rich. Yeah. In this movie, Max's family's also super rich. Yeah. Good for them. Another time to just break away with another problem I have with this movie. Jeff and Pam are like, boo-hoo, we're going to have to sell our house. They could have just moved to another house. They're, like, not in destitute. No. Like, it's not, I understand you don't want to leave your house. You feel bad that you can't afford it anymore. But, like, this kind of thing happens. They would have just moved to another house. It's not the, like, crisis situation that would cause this kind of perseverance from them, in my opinion. But anyway, Max is in the BMW, he wakes up, guess what, he's home alone, and then you get the series of things that you kind of get when Kevin realizes that he's home alone in the first movie, he's playing games, he's doing stuff in the house, he's eating whatever he wants, which, the first time we watched it, I was frustrated because an iconic scene from both Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 is him eating just piles of ice cream. But in this one, he's just sitting in front of, like, a stack of candy. Oh, he also tries on his mom's clothes. That one's definitely new. That doesn't happen in Home Alone. And I'm like, Adam, why didn't he have no ice cream? He just has a pile of candy. And Adam let me know a fun fact that I feel like is dumb and most people probably wouldn't have gotten. It's a Scarface reference. So he's dressed like Tony Montana. And when Tony Montana sticks his face in powdered sugar... It, you know, he just kind of shoves his face in the powdered sugar. But uh, with uh, with Max, it's M&M's. Yeah. Which so, sounds painful. So, um, you know, that's on me because I should always be looking for Scarface references in my Disney Plus movies. Mm-hmm. That's that's on me. That's on me. Um, let's see. What else does he do? Yeah, he tries on his mom's clothes, goes on the trampoline, uses an ironing board to go down the stairs. Pretty good. Pretty genius. Um... Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. There's not much of showing his life as a homer alone. He's just... Yeah, it's That like, one scene, and then he's sad. Yep, he's, he, gets, he gets over it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about how the kids stole. Um, they talk more about... Jeff and Pam talk more about the cloud in the next scene. Uh, and I had to pause it because I was laughing so loud, I couldn't hear the dialogue. Yeah, and they're, the family, so Pam, Jeff, their kids, uh, the brother, Hunter, I think, and May and their kid are all in their house watching a movie. Uh, there's a pretty funny part where Hunter, the brother, says, why are they always trying to remake the classics? Yeah, he says, oh, this is garbage. They're always trying to remake the classics, but they're never as good. And in the movie, they're watching a remake of The Angels with Filthy Souls. But in this one, they're just, they're trying to be like, ha ha, wink, wink, it's funny. But, you know, I felt offended. I I was like, why are they telling, like, I know I'm watching garbage. Why are they reminding me? (laughs) Let let me escape. Like, just because you're self-aware doesn't mean you get a pass for making a not good movie, in my opinion. It'd be even funnier if they weren't (laughs) self-aware. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and he... Okay, so recently I came up with a theory. Um, so there's the Uncanny Valley, which is when animation looks like too much like real life that it's creepy. I've decided that there's an Uncanny Valley of good and bad movies. So there are good movies that are good because they're good. And there are bad movies that are good because they're bad. And then there's the Uncanny Valley where they're neither good nor bad. And so they're actually painful to watch. This is definitely one of those. Also known as the Unfunny Valley. Unfunny. There we go. Trademark. Trademark. Um, also, after making the like remark, uh, remake the classics line, he calls popcorn peacorn. <laughs> I don't know why that's what got to me. But in the second viewing, I was like, peacorn. What in the world? Yeah, I'm going to adopt that that lingo when I'm around Jess. See what happens. I eat popcorn all the time. This is you eat be... pea corn all the time. Okay. <laughs> um, then uh, Ellie Kemper has the scene where she's just like remembering memories from the house. Mm-hmm. And, and don't worry, the memory song from Home Alone plays. Yeah, and she's like remembering all that stuff, and then. That's how she comes to the conclusion that yeah, they need to go steal this doll because they need to they need to keep their house for sure. Um, they try to use the milk excuse again. We gotta go get milk. They're like, "Well, you guys have so much milk." I'm like, "Okay, it was funny the first time. It's not really funny the second time." They're like, "We gotta go get eggnog." Which I don't know, listeners. How do you feel about eggnog? Do you like it, Adam? No. Yeah, me neither. My mom likes it. Mm. Um, What's your mom's full name? But this is a podcast to millions of people. I'm not going to give out my mom's personal identity. I was testing you to see if you would, <laughs> yeah. if you would clap back at your mother. No, I would not. Um, <laughs> and then Ellie, they they get in the car to go get the to go get the doll. And this, she just like all I wrote was Ellie Kemper over pronounces a bunch of words, and I kind of remember this. She's just in the car, and like. We need to go get this. The only thing that's going to get gone, get got, is this doll. And it's just, like, too much. Mm-hmm. It, it was an unnecessary... Like, in Kimmy Schmidt, she's, like, a lot. But it's, like, her character and it's funny. In this, it's, like, randomly she's a lot. And I'm just, like, I don't like, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> um, they go in the house, but they put in the wrong code. Uh, so the police are going to get called. And this is when we realize that all of this is just a misunderstanding. So they're talking about this doll that they need to get that could be worth $200,000. So they, they get in the house, they put in the wrong code. And the kid's at the top of the stairs seeing it all go down. And he thinks that they want to sell him to old people for $200,000. Mm-hmm. Because they talk about how they're going to sell... The, the ugly little boy, which is kind of a mean joke to make it this uh, this kid. I mean, Artie's a cute kid. Um, Max is a is a little hellion, but the actor's great. But yeah, so they say we're gonna we're going to sell the ugly little boy, and they think, uh, and he thinks that they're talking about him. Mm-hmm. So, you know oh my what? gosh, comedy of errors, there. guys! We gotta laugh. Comedy of errors, yeah. He needs therapy <laughs> since he assumes that when someone says ugly little boy, they're obviously talking about him. Um, yeah, the police is called. Oh, another like thing that's supposed to be funny is there's like a like kind of like an Amazon thing, Siri type thing in the house called a HomeBot, and someone, one of the 
uh, menacing cousin said it in German. So when the home boss says that it's calling the police, they don't know what it's saying. They just hear German, which those bunch of idiots think that it's like a person mm-hmm. that's talking and not just, which I'm like, I think at this stage, like, let's not try and pretend that they don't live in the world. We all know what the voice of a, you know, AI person sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah. A, Siri. a lot of beep boops, a lot of meat morps. Yeah, but you know the like even the like TikTok reels that like have the voiceover things. It doesn't sound like a real person. Yeah. Yeah. So that was dumb. Then we get another really good celeb watch. You remember who, Adam? Oh yeah, Buzz. Buzz. So Buzz, the brother from Home Alone. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Which I I said in the first one. Buzz, the sequel, <laughs> woof, because <laughs> it's bad. Um, so that was pretty good. Honestly, the whole scene with him was pretty funny. He seemed, um, he seemed like a serial killer. Like, I feel like I feel like there's another movie that takes place as soon as he exits Home Sweet Home Alone and goes to murder some people. He's real creepy. But I liked his scene. So oh, yeah, Devin Ratray. Good, good job, Devin. So he shows up... Um, you find out that Kevin, his brother, has made, I, I forget if it's then or later, made a home security system, so that's pretty funny. That's a good uh, callback. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellie Kemper gets out of, um, like, any any consequences because she kind of flirts with him. But in general, I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty good callback, having him there. He became a police officer. Mm-hmm. He's showing up while this kid's alone. Like, I... I thought that that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just enough buzz to be effective. Yeah, and there's another buzz scene later, which I could have done with it being slightly shorter, but we'll get to that when the time comes. Uh, then we see Max inside being like, oh no, I should go out and like talk to the police and tell them like those are my parents. They don't actually own this house. And then he has a... Um, like a vision yeah. of his parents going to jail because they abandoned him. Yeah, so he doesn't really believe in the justice system. No. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough, Max. Fair enough. Anyways, so yeah, he, he he's he's a he's a weird kid. He's not able to distinguish like sarcasm. Um, he's not able to really. He's not very grounded in reality, but he's also an evil genius. He's very creative, mm-hmm. as Ellie Kemper later says. So that whole scene happens. It's pretty good. Buzz, Buzz, kind of hanging out, making his appearance. Then, meanwhile, in Tokyo, um, Max's mom finally finds out that he's gone. And then Stu, who's played by uh, SNL alum Chris Parnell, never shows up in the movie again. And his whole part in the movie is him on the toilet, like saying things from the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Man, I could be an actor. Not only could I write this movie, I could act in this movie. I could just, you know, talk from behind a door. I'm kind of doing that now to you. In fact, you're getting more content from me than you're getting from Chris Parnell in that movie. Mm-hmm. And, and what was your theory, Adam, about why that's the case? Uh, he, uh, he was ashamed to show himself in that movie. I thought you said that you thought that they, like the schedules didn't work out, so they were like, oh, we still got to have him in, so we'll just have him like voice over stuff and pretend he's on the toilet. No, no. He was deeply ashamed of, of being in this very bad, bad movie 
and he decides uh, I after after his first scene, he's like, I can't do this again. I can't be on set. I think it's a spiritually dark place for me, and so he decides he's just gonna call his. He's gonna he's gonna phone it in, literally. Um, and this is when I just started getting tired, and my notes started getting sloppy because I just wrote no land land. <laughs> which meant, which was supposed to be, there's no landline, which that was a pretty funny callback. They were like, well, why don't you just call the house? They're like, there's no landline in the house. Like, fair enough. Fair Circling enough. back, I missed one of my annoying lines. Oh, please. While, while Max is home alone, he gets on the computer. Oh, yeah. And he says, quote, all right, internet, show me your worst. End quote. I thought that was a weird, Chris, quote for a 10-year-old. Yeah, and then it ends up being, there's, like, multiple times where there's, like, a firewall that, that goes up. Mm-hmm. Like, later he says, uh, homebot, show me booby traps, and then the homebot's like, the settings will not allow us to show you boobies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. I love this children's movie. Yeah. Okay, so, can I go on a tangent? Yeah, Okay, let me go get my soapbox. Got my soapbox. I am standing on it. Uh, I think you know, adult humor in kids' movies. Let's talk about it, Jess. Okay. Please, I'm on my soapbox. Mm-hmm. You can have your soapbox later. This is my soapbox time. So, what do you think about adult jokes in children's movies? I'm not supposed to talk. Jess, you are a woman. You can, <laughs> you can say you whatever you want. You told me that you were on your soapbox and I wasn't supposed to talk. Hey, we're married. If one of us is on our soapbox, we both are. Wow. There you go. You didn't know this was a marriage podcast. But, but that said, <laughs> can you stop interrupting? <laughs> that said, I think I think clever jokes that kids may not understand in kids' movies are fine. I think mature, gross jo- jokes like you know, sexual humor aimed at adults in a kids' movie, I think that's... Maybe maybe I'm approved, but I just think that's weird. So well, because I think in general, like adult jokes and kids movies, the kids don't understand the jokes. But in that kind of thing, it's like the kids are like, "Oh, mom and dad boobies, that's funny." You know what I mean? Like. Also, I'd like to apologize in advance. This podcast is going to be getting the explicit rating. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, that movie was PG, and I'm just saying the same words. So. Taryn, I hope your ears are closed. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's no landline. They can't call Max. So she's really frustrated, the mom, Max's mom. And so she's going to go to the airport, very similar to in the first Home Alone, to try and uh, get a flight to go see her son. Gets very frustrated at Pete Holmes' character and throws at him the largest Toblerone. If you're not sure what a Toblerone is, Google it. It's a chocolate. Largest Toblerone I've ever seen at him in anger. Um, and then we flash back to Buzz, so we get another Buzz scene. <laughs> this is the one that could have been shorter for me. So he's sitting in the car, and uh, they call and say, uh, they call the police, Max's family called the police, and they call Buzz to say, hey, can you go check on this house? And he was like, no, I was just there. It's fine. They're like, no, you should check on it. And he's like, no, it's definitely a prank call. Um, my brother Kevin got home alone, um, left home alone once, and so he always does prank calls every year. And it was a McAllister security system, so obviously he did it. So I thought that was pretty funny. That was a pretty clever way to like not have the police go in and check on him because in Home Alone he thinks like the police are the 
people pretending to be the police mm-hmm. are the um, are the evil people, are the robbers. Um, but here it's kind of funny that that kind of comes back to that. But then it just, as the scene continues, he's eating some kind of like burrito or sub or a gyro or something, and it is disgusting. Oh, yeah. And I don't even think for comedy purposes, just because it's gross. So there's, like, mayonnaise, like, coming out of it. And, like, no human being eats like this. Like, he's, like, like grabbing it and squeezing it so everything's coming out of whatever this vessel is that's holding some kind of meat-cheese-sauce combo. And it's just coming out, and it's disgusting. I was so distracted. We recently have been listening to the Till Death Do Us Blart podcast where um, two podcast people come together to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 every year and talk about it. And there's a scene that they always talk about with a gross banana. Yep, Myrtle the Bad Banana Man. So in that I'm like, okay. And in other like food gags, it's like, oh, it's funny because it's gross. But this was just gross for gross. And it, yeah, it was just, it was... It wasn't gross enough to be funny. No. It was just, why am I watching sauce get this grip man, on the Buzz's shirt? Get this man some napkins. I mean, we have to give him props for trying to steer away from the stereotype of the cop eating donuts. They're trying to get him eating something else. They're trying to be woke here. We got to give him props for that. But if they're going to have a cop eating something other than a donut, at least let the man or woman... Have some napkins. Yeah, let them have the dignity of... Of napkins. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the part of the movie that these two seminary nerds were pumped about. They're at church. Oh, yeah. Everyone in the movie comes together, except for, like, the people that are out of the country. Mm-hmm. They come together later, but... They're probably watching online. Everyone in the town at that time comes together for church. Even Keenan, the real estate agent comes to church just to tell them that someone's put an offer in their house. He can't find them, so he goes to church. Wholesome. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, this movie, the the I, I called it Jeff and Pam. They're Christians. Um, and, you know, uh, Kenan Thompson, the real estate agent, I'm sure his heart was strangely warmed while he was there. So, yeah. That movie, uh, that movie was a prayer, I would say. Mm-hmm. But also, it shines a light on religious persecution, which we're about to get to. Um, I don't know what part you're talking about specifically, but my favorite time from when they're at the mid-church. So there's this uh, toy drive, and Max decides to go in uh, for the toy drive. And he goes in, and <laughs> the sign's like, uh, give toys to kids in need. <laughs> and Max says... Um, I'm definitely a child in need. In need of this, like holds up a toy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. Also, one more thing about the church: they are having like a, a children's choir performance, uh-huh. probably youth. Uh-huh. And the daughter of Jeff and Pam, oh yeah, wears a black dress, and you can see the whole shoulder. And I'm not weighing in on the moral judgment of her wearing a dress where you can see her shoulder. I don't really care. But I will say that the writers did not do their homework because I can't imagine a church that would be like, oh, yeah, show off that shoulder, girl. No, like... (laughs) Not because of churches in general, but because of the type of people that would be running a youth choir. Yeah, and just like, I'm I'm sure, like, (laughs) 
if you went grew up in a church context and they didn't monitor the girls' clothing, that is the exception and not the rule because otherwise, uh, she's either being sent back home or they will have uh, some church lady ready with her sewing kit to sew sleeves onto this girl's dress. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, do your homework, Well, movie. and this it's is, not even that. That's when my suspension of disbelief was broken. I couldn't buy that this was the real world because the girl showed her shoulder. Her shoulder. And even if this is, is a church that doesn't care about that, which is possible, she looks complete. What she is wearing is completely different from everyone else. That's another thing that church choirs care about, that there's some kind of like commonality between what, what people are wearing. Um... Yeah, so they find out that they need to accept the offer for the house by the new year. Um, the While they're talking about this, they make Jeff and Pam make their son go out to give the toy to the toy drive. Most wholesome content in this whole movie. Jeff and Pam's son and Max, they're just bonding. They're just chatting. They're having a great time. Talking about their lives, talking about the stressful things in their lives at Christmas. We love to see it. Um, they see... Max talking to this like woman at the church who's running the toy drive and they assume that that's his grandma and that she was the person once again they think that a Siri type voice is a person who was speaking German in the same and then this is when it gets wild because then all of a sudden they're like F family we're going to get this doll so they leave before they see their daughter's performance they like peel out of there. They hit a bunch of cones. They hit their car on a. Uh, oh, that's later. Mm-hmm. They get to the house, um, and they're like, "Oh, we're just gonna do it while they're at church." Yeah, while he's while he's at church. Yeah, and instead of going through the front door, they decide to scale the back wall, and thus begins the religious persecution montage. Well, first, um, yeah, and then uh, Max heads home with his toy that he got. Oh, because he's like, my parents aren't here. And so the woman at the toy drive thinks that his parents are dead. So he gets to take a bunch of toys. He walks out of church with a bunch of toys. And he says, wow, I need to come to church more often. Amen. If he, if he went to church more often, maybe he wouldn't be a demon child. <laughs> Maybe, you know, go to church every Sunday and the demons go away. <laughs> but, yeah, so let's all keep Max in our prayers. So, hang on, let me turn my chair around. <laughs> Pastor Adam is so, in town. So Max was home alone. Mm. But do you know who else was home alone? Mm. God. But that's why God is preparing a mansion for us so we won't be home alone. Adam's movie and Max, you can have that home. That's good. That's real good. That's so good. Shout of praise. Shout of praise. I thought you were gonna say Max was home alone, but you know who didn't have a home? Home, baby Jesus. He did. Born in a major. They weren't. There was no room at the inn. Happy Advent, everyone. Happy Advent. <laughs> okay, so. Um, That's true. Foxes have. Burrows and squirrels have uh, hollowed out trees where they live, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Yep. 
there's a super short scene, not really worth mentioning much of it, where the mom is trying to get home. She's kind of racist towards a Japanese lady who speaks English. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, forgot this in Celebrity Watch. If anyone here has watched Taskmaster, Max's mom was on that show. Adam and I are big fans, so we were super excited about that. I'm sure she's done lots of other stuff. She's a very famous comedian in England, but that's what we knew her mm-hmm. from. I thought she was from... I thought she was in Ted Lasso. No. I thought that she was Rebecca's friend in Ted Lasso, but she was not. And they look similar, so that's that's not completely on me. Okay. Um, I just think it's weird that Jess is calling out her for her, you know, racism. But then she's saying all British people look alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All white people in general. Mm. Um, are you... Who are you? I'm offended as who I am. <laughs> okay. Um... So then there's a whole scene where it's the, like, church song that uh, Jeff and Pam's daughter, the the, uh, choir is singing, juxtaposed with them trying to break in. Disrespectful. I, they're trying to climb over the wall. There is a fart joke. Like, he farts on her, and she's trying to, like, push him up to get over the wall, and then his pants fall down, and that's when I was like, I'm gonna hate the rest of this movie, and I absolutely did. And that was only the beginning of, like, physical humor has never been my favorite, but, like, we rewatched Home Alone. Very enjoyable. Very funny. This, to me, was just, like, really over the top. Um, Because it comes down to, you see these people, and they have a very reasonable goal they want to take something that they think was stolen from them uh, and not get in trouble. They don't do anything smartly. Mm-hmm. They're, they, get, they got a case of the demos, but, mm-hmm. but overall, they're not evil people. And so when you see them go through all sorts of pain and torture, you, you just feel bad <laughs> because you're like, oh, I like these actors and these characters aren't doing anything heinous it's not like in the first time alone when they went to uh, like rob from kevin and then moida him mm-hmm. yeah so uh they go through they finally get through they realize that there was a gate and then there's kind of a, another comedy of errors they realize they've actually gone to the wrong house they get stuck in a pool and it's just like a ridiculous like three minutes of this all happening only to be in the wrong house I'm guessing they were trying to be like, oh, people know what happens because we're kind of copying Home Alone, so let's make it slightly different. Um, And they have this whole conversation like, should we just give up and go home? The number of times in the second watch, I'm like, yes, please just do that. Because the original plan was like, we'll just wait until this kid's family gets home and we'll go over and be like, hey, we need this doll. But then they can't do that because they have to close on their house before the new year for this offer. They could have just waited. They're like, once again, they're not in destitute. This isn't a life or death situation. They just don't want to sell their house. So that's like not high stakes enough in my opinion. And then they are like, we have to do it now. And they go through ridiculous lengths. They could have just gone home multiple times. Also in this market, they, they would not be begging for someone to buy their house. True. Oh. Am I right? Am I right? Real estate. We get it. Mm. Um, we live in a house that's owned by a church. We get it. Mm-hmm. We get real estate. Yeah. There's a house. We move in. Mortgages. Yep. Stonks. Uh, they have this whole conversation about like, we need a W. We shouldn't give up. And I literally was like, you should give up. 
You don't need a W. Like, whatever. So, um, they return to the church, and they're, like, covered in water and frozen, and they just say, oh, a car hit us. Oh, their excuse for leaving the church was, we have to go preheat the oven. These people need to get better excuses. They need to be like Ryan in the office, <laughs> who like has that list of excuses that he's always ready with um, anytime Michael invites him anywhere. Then we see the mom in a plane, another like forgettable scene. There's kind of a weird dude next to her that keeps, yeah. I just wrote ha-ha plane humor because it was dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the juxtaposition of kind of the kid, Max, planning how he is going to um, get revenge on um, Jeff and Pam. And then we see Ellie Kemper trying to learn. Her preparation is trying to learn German to talk to the grandma. And there's an absolute bot by this rich couple. They're singing some Christmas song about Porzies. <laughs> Porzies is a reference. Jess isn't insensitive. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm a social worker who cares deeply That's about those Carson on the anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, so uh, <laughs> the, Ryan and, and May are Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the song. joke is not that people are poor. That's not what I find funny. The thing that I find funny is these rich people talking about how we need to help those in need with this really awful pop song that they made up. But I thought it was pretty funny. Also, there's this underlying thing about, like, wealth. So, like, Kenan Thompson talks about being rich they talk about reading rich, and then there's a part at the end that I'll get to where I was just like, is this movie about how we just need to stay rich at all costs? <laughs> Even if it means, like, damage to your body, you need to stay rich um, as much as possible. Uh, yeah, so they're planning, and then uh, this is the point where I realized that I didn't know anyone in the movie's name. <laughs> And then now it's go time. So now this is the classic... And, like, because there's so much going on in the movie, this is actually a pretty short amount of the movie. I feel like in Home Alone, this is, like, a big bulk of the movie. Mm -hmm. Kind of the robber kid thing. Um, So they think they have a plan, and I wrote down, and I bet it'll work, because they drive, and they're like, we have a plan. It's going to be great. Oh, no, guys. What happened? It's a movie. Do you think their plan's going to work? I thought this was a book. What have I been reading for the past (laughs) week? Um, so he's preparing, he puts hot sauce in the cookies or the milk or something. Um, yeah, uh, but first, so he ices the roads. I and thought, so, see, I thought the roads were icy, but he just iced the driveway. Remains to be seen. I wouldn't put it past it. But anyway, so the first thing that happens, they pull up on a street, uh, and their car skids into a light post. Uh, and then they get out, and they're slipping and sliding around on the porch, because he definitely iced that. And like I said, I wouldn't put it past him to do the rest of the street either. This this boy, this this evil boy, he has no regard for human life. Yeah, he I was re- a persecutor. I wrote at this point. Now the kid is evil because while he's like he's like throwing soda at Ellie Kemper's character and like doing all this stuff, like she's like, I just want to talk, like I want to talk this through, and he's just like not letting it happen, and it's like. Normally, you know, oh, comedy of errors, but it's like, if he just would have given her one second to be like, we just want the doll, 
like there wouldn't have been so much carnage Mm-hmm. So it's just like ridiculous, and like Adam said, at this point, like I'm not like you're sympathetic with Kevin McAllister. You're like, yeah, get those people that have been robbing houses this whole time and want to harm you. But unless you're like this kid is just evil and it's like awful mm-hmm. what he's doing to these people, um, and I wrote they should just give up. There were so many times I'm like, just go home. You're not gonna get the doll. But then they're like, have more resilience, and I'm like. I've worked with a lot of people that have a lot of resilience from having really hard lives. These middle class white people who don't want to leave their house, I'm like, I don't feel like this gives you as much resolve. The evil bad boy broke them. Uh, Yeah, that's probably what happened. They went through more in 30 minutes than you've seen in a lifetime, Jessica Lynn. (laughs) That's probably true. Um, The bad boy is bad and he, he broke them. There's probably a long list of things that happened that were annoying to me. One being that they... He knocks Jeff out and then puts a virtual reality glasses on him. And he's like, oh, so the plan was he was going to go into Santa. So he's in a Santa suit. And, like, he has virtual reality glasses on. And when he looks at himself with the virtual reality glasses, he's wearing the Santa suit. I'm like, I don't think they're that good. And then he's like, where am I? And I'm like, also virtual reality. I think you would know. What would I know? That you haven't been transported to a different place. Mm. But I don't know. That's true. Is someone at the door? I don't know. I hear something. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check on the door. Hello, it's me, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you about virtual reality. <laughs> I think it's great. Now you were saying that you, if you were had a VR headset, you wouldn't think that you were in that place. Mm-hmm. What if I told you? That the Facebook metaverse would allow you to experience <laughs> other realities. Whoa. Wow. Yes. Yes. Cool, Mark. Yes. <laughs> so, we're, we're a great company doing a lot of great things. Yeah, I think that since you've changed your name, my whole outlook on your company has changed. Because it's Did a you... different name. Obviously, you're good now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I actually got the idea for virtual reality. Now you're After kind of watching... sounding like Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> Please don't compare me to Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> I am not worthy. Oh, gotta go. I was just gonna say before I leave, because someone's knocking at the door, that I came up with the idea for the metaverse based on this film. I thought if the bad boy can do that to the good Jeff. Then I want to do that to humanity. Thank you. Can I go now? Yeah, please. Goodbye. Pitter, wow. patter, pitter, patter. For all the people who Sorry, thought... Sorry, I was knocking out the door. Mark locked me out. For... I guess I forgot my password. <laughs> for all the people that thought, wow, this is just Adam and Jess sitting at their dining room table talking for an hour and hoping other people care enough to listen to it... We got some pretty pretty good guests mm-hmm. that Not just a lot show of educated up. Guests, though. They just show up. I'd love to get like a, an expert or something, like a doctor. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, yeah, the at one point he Jeff like runs into like all of their nice decorations in their house. 
um, on like a bookshelf and he's like hysterically laughing and I wrote, it's hilarious that I broke all my mother's stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there was a lot more stuff broken and destroyed in these movies than there was in Home Alone. Yeah. Like there's a lot of crazy things that happened in Home Alone but he wasn't just like destroying his family's property for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he also kind of there's an episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza goes to Titanic, and in the middle of the 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 ship sinking, George shouts, "That's gotta hurt!" And that's that's the vibe that Max gave off. He's just constantly commenting on what's going on. Just let it let it sit. Enjoy the moment. Be present, Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Be present. Um, at this point, I wrote, "This is a lesson in." not trying to engage with irrational people so they keep being like just let us talk to you we just want to talk to you i'm like he's not gonna talk to you he's gonna keep painfully hurting you please just leave i think he wanted to kill them yeah honestly um might still so let this be a lesson to all of us there's a certain point in life where if you're talking to someone and they're not listening to you and they're not gonna engage with you just leave what if they stole the doll yeah that's something to consider for sure um, cause they keep being like, we just want the doll. Like we just, and he just is not listening. Um, kids, am I right? Mm-hmm. I think about our, our kids and how they never listen to us just because they're imaginary. Mm-hmm. Um, they, at one point Jeff even mentions them going home. Um, and Ellie Kemper says, this is what we've chosen. And I was like, what? You can go home. You can definitely go home. One one thing that's kind of funny to me is they kept referring to Max as Harry Potter. <laughs> that was kind of funny. You me. love this movie. I love it. Um, then he falls on a trampoline and um, like kind of escapes and they come out um, and... They talk about the doll. Finally, they get his attention. Like, we just want the doll. And you, it turns out he didn't steal the doll. He just stole the soda. Mm-hmm. Do you remember me talking about the soda from the beginning? Very important. Very important. Yep. So um, they, they thought they'd, they had seen it in his jacket pocket. Nope. It was just a bottle of soda. Or a can. Whatever. So then they jump into, like, parent mode. And they're like, oh, shoot. We oh, really messed up. Poor evil baby boy. Mm-hmm. Come hang with us. You don't have your mom and daddy. You tried to kill us. Oh. No. Nah. Um, so it's just like, oh, it's all a misunderstanding. And I'm like, oh, gosh. There's, like, no consequences to this. And then it just flashes back to them all at, um, I keep on wanting to say Jim and Pam. Uh, Jeff and Pam's house. They're rehashing the whole story to their family. And the kids are like, oh, no. Does this mean that we're going to have to leave? And it turns out. That the nephew of the old, of the rich uh, aunt and uncle actually stole the doll. And then there's this ridiculous scene where he almost drops it and, like, um, Jeff does, like, a bicycle kick. And Ellie Kemper, like, runs into the wall trying to get it. And then Max and Jeff grabs la- it. And Jeff laughs at one point. <laughs> because of the bicycle kick. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> like, bicycle kicks the porcelain doll, which doesn't break it. It doesn't break it, but they're concerned when it falls from, like, an inch over that they have to grab it. And I'm like, you literally kicked it. Wouldn't that have broken it? Um, And... Don't worry. The evil boy Max catches the doll. 
and mm-hmm. saves the day. And saves Christmas. Showing his his value. Probably the only thing that kept him from... I guess they couldn't really press charges. Sending him to juvie. Yeah. <laughs> Getting him evaluated. And then... One part that annoyed me was like... Then they get the doll and the dad, Jeff, is like... Oh, now we don't have to sell the house. And I'm like... Just because the doll is worth that much doesn't mean you're going to get that much. Like, get more. just finding the doll doesn't necessarily mean that in that moment you have, like, $200,000. Hmm. You don't know how the world works, Jess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know you how eBay works. You also don't know how works. doll auctions work. Can you explain it to I me? I can. Uh, so earlier you said, I can't imagine a doll being worth $200,000. Uh-huh. Well, the original G.I. Joe doll, that sold for $200,000. But it wasn't a porcelain doll. Well, the Stefano Canture Barbie, or Diamond Barbie, she might have had some porcelain. She sold for $302,000. Kammer and Reinhardt Lifelike Doll, $400,000. This is where we get the the big doll, the the doll dollars. Uh, Steiff Louis Vuitton Teddy Bear, $2.1 million. Oh my word. I didn't know, guys. I didn't know. And the most one was, let me see, where did it go? There's a teddy bear? Not just a teddy bear, an expensive teddy bear. I need to get in the doll business. And the most expensive one was the bird trainer, which was $6.25 million. So, yikes. But yeah, I got this from a website called drjones.dollspot.com. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Not familiar with his work. <laughs> um, yeah, so everything's fine. They got the doll. And then the, um, as I was talking about the like rich-poor dynamic, is that the, um, the rich aunt and uncle say, oh, thank goodness, it was so awk when they were poor. <laughs> Toad socks. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? <laughs> it made me annoyed. <laughs> I was like, these people cannot like handle it. And it was I almost felt like it was the rich and I'm not someone who's like Holly weird, but it did feel like kind of rich Hollywood people being like, oh no, just imagine if we had to be middle class again. Because <laughs> once again, they weren't losing everything. They just potentially had to sell their house and move somewhere else. They lost they lost a lot of things just their dignity. Dignity, yeah, they did lose their dignity. Uh, That's their what self, we should be worried about. Their sense of self respect. Probably proper function in their brains because they got a lot of head damage. Mm-hmm. Ellie Kemper's shoes caught on fire. That's true. I I also, it's a classic bad movie thing that happens where like the pacing's completely off. Like you have all of this build up for all of these scenes of them like fighting against each other and him doing all this stuff, and then she's like, "It's fine now." It's chill. Mm. We're all good. We have the doll. Everything's fine. Like, there's no uh, down the mountain after the climax. Mm. There's very little of that. Um, then we skip to one year later. And they're all hanging out oh, with buddies. Oh, no. His mom, before that, Oh. his mom shows up. They've called his mom. She's shown up. She's so happy to see him. And then they get back to the house, and the house is, like, destroyed. And they're like, wow, I wonder how they're going to pay for that. And then we skip to one year later. Mm-hmm. They're all buddying around. Jeff, Pam, their two kids, 
Max, his parents, his sister. Andy Daly has returned, doesn't say anything. He's just kind of at the table. Just once again, why are, why is he in this? Why are so many people in this? Anyway, so all this to say, they're all buddies. They give Max a can of soda. Um, they're like, yeah, we better give it to him. Remember what happened the last time we didn't give it to him? Mm-hmm. Hilarious. They don't think about how their actions affect me. And they shouldn't have they shouldn't have referenced the movie in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because it brought back some painful memories for me watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to escape. Um and then you find out that Jeff now works for the cloud. Oh yeah. So that's a big 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 plot twist. Oh, and you also find out that they were able to fix they got to pay for their mortgage. And fix Max's family's house. And go to Europe. And go to Europe, all with the money that they got from the dolls. Jeff now has a job with the cloud. And the cloud never stops, so he's working on that day on Christmas Eve. And I wrote, the real miracle is that Ellie Kemper could pay for a better haircut. Mm-hmm. Just is it over. This movie did to me what Max did to, to Jeff and... Barb or whatever, <laughs> Pam. Okay. We're like almost to the end of the podcast and now you forgot the people's name. Maybe I'm not saying it in protest or maybe I did forget. Who knows? <laughs> so Jess, as you know, at the end of every episode, we ask ourselves, how would you rate this movie? Would you give it a Jingle Smells, a We Wish You a Merry Viewing, or a Barfing Around the Christmas Tree? I give it a Barfing Around Buzz Eating that sub and the mm. or burrito and the police car because mm. that almost did make me sick mm. and so did this movie which once again great people in it i just i just want to say there's a lot of people that i enjoy in a lot of other things in this movie mm. and uh, i'm also gonna have to give it a a jingle bell oh no a jingle smells i'm gonna give it a jingle smells um yeah it wasn't good, and you shouldn't watch it. It's not very fun. Just go watch Home Alone 1 and 2 are great. Go mm-hmm. back and watch both of those. They're also on Disney+. Plus. So if you have Disney+, Plus and can watch this movie, just go on. Watch some other good things that those people are. Watch Jojo Rabbit, an excellent movie. Watch The Unbreakable, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Great movie. Okay, and then how many, on a scale of 1 show. to it's 10. It's a show. On a scale of 1 to 10... How many ugly little boy dolls would you give to this movie? I don't want to give it any ugly little boy dolls because that's creepy. Hmm. So zero out of ten. Negative three. You take away their ugly little boy dolls. Mm-hmm. So but Jeff then I guess that's can't a go good. To Europe. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I guess you'll have to move to another house. <laughs> anyway, I give it. Uh, I'll give it three out of. Six Ugly Little Boy Dolls. I gave it one star on Letterboxd. What was your Letterboxd review? That's a good question. Let me pull it up. Follow follow, and subscribe to Adam on Letterboxd. This is my review. I can't say that Max was better as a Nazi, but he was more likable. This movie just hurt. I felt dignity leaving their bodies every second someone was on screen. Except Buzz. This star is for him. And for Timothy Simons. One star. I also highlighted two other reviews that I thought were pretty funny. 
Uh, now we're sweet. in a segment of letterbox reviews. Do 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 do. Letterboxed. When you watch a movie and you want people to know that you have good taste, go to Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Brought to you by Letterboxd. <laughs> Not the one you're thinking of, though. <laughs> Home sweet, leave this franchise alone, says Quentin Phillipson. Tyler Van says, I wouldn't let this movie sleep in my room. If it were growing on my bottom. <laughs> a hilarious reference to the first one. Uh-huh. A reference way better than the rest of this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, Jess, as you know, uh, at the end of every episode, sadly this one's coming to a close, folks, but at the end of every episode, Jess will rank the movies that we've seen for this podcast from best to worst. So I was not aware that I was supposed to be doing this. You do it every at the end of every episode. And I've literally never done okay, this. Okay, so what was? What hey, was, listeners, go back to the end of every episode and see if I've ever done this. Okay, Jess, what was your Tweet favorite episode? At Indiana. What was, your, what was your favorite movie that we've watched? <laughs> Sorry that we've gone into a fight. You know, married couples. Sometimes we fight, and that's okay. It just matters that at the end you love each other. Okay, but so speaking of love, which movie that we've watched did you love the most? Elf at Saves Christmas. Okay. What's number two? How many movies have we watched? This is five. Okay. Um, mm, no, six. So The Grinch, I remember that one making me like really angry. Mm-hmm. And Princess Switch 2 was like just kind of annoying. So maybe that? Mm-hmm. What else am I missing? Oh, Spirit The Spirit. I'll do Spirit of Christmas too. I've seen that movie multiple times, so obviously I don't hate it that much. So Elf at Spirit of Christmas... Um, Princess Switch to Switched Again. Um, this one and then The Grinch. Not because The Grinch was, like, worse, but because it just made me really mad. Jess, you forgot the the one that started it all. Kirk Cameron's Oh, uh, well, that's, that's not even on the list because it's amazing. Hmm. That's, like, if one is the best... Okay, say you're doing one through five, mm-hmm. and five was the best. It would be in 100 because it's 95 times better than all the other ones. Wow. That's great. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Well, Adam, be- you have to give your... I already said to go watch the other Home Alones. Do you have oh, any yeah. other recommendations of movies that people should go watch instead of this one? Yeah. my The movie you should watch is not a movie. Uh, it's a series of episodes of a television show called Community. You should just go watch the Christmas episodes of Community, especially the first three. Available the on fine. Hulu and Netflix. And at my house. If you want to come over and watch them with me, just let me know. I got them on DVD. We'll fire up some pea corn and have a grand old time. All right. Now time for Jess to say her signature catchphrase before we, we hang up the, the podcast. Keep it popping, folks. Bye. Bye.